Thank you for joining me for episode 3 of Ayunwata, Tracing the Roots. The things heard here may tear your soul apart and make you question reality. When speaking with Ungwahuni people across what is known as North America, or properly Turtle Island, we'd hear the words, our truth, on a daily basis. This comes from generations of cultural practice which is rooted in oral tradition. The same stories that we're told today are the same stories that our ancestors would tell us in longhouses, long before contact. Truth means a lot of things to many different people, and is different for some based on what they were immersed with growing up. The truth is, nobody wants to hear the truth because it makes them uncomfortable. And when they begin questioning things around them, down to who they are as a person, this affects the spirit deeply. For Ganyagehaga and other Nguyenhuan nations on Turtle Island, we've had the benefit of being immersed in our language, culture, and traditions even after contact and continued genocide attempts. The ability to rise above attacks on our physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental selves has only proven that we belong here on this land and to care for it is intended by our Creator and all the elements that surround us. Hearing the true history of this land is difficult and in some cases unbelievable for many settlers as they've been immersed in the mainstream media and surrounded by symbols of what the colonial government calls progressive. Many are led to believe that the Ungwahuma population is well taken care of and actually receive perks and benefits just for existing. That couldn't be farther from the truth, and a stereotype implemented by the government to appease its settler population and perpetuate the racism that Canada was literally founded on. Although, just because something is unbelievable does not mean it isn't possible. Many settlers will continue to take the mainstream media at face value and just believe what's being said as they've never had the experience of having their words and actions bent to fit a colonial narrative making them appear as domestic terrorists. That narrative doesn't allow for people to question why Nguyenhuay are doing what they're doing and there's no education system in place for people to understand that. The education system that was put in place in Canada stole indigenous children from their homes and hid that fact from the settler population for hundreds of years. Egerton Ryerson had designed the system specifically to eradicate indigenous people from the land and, if not kill the child, make them feel shame for their identity and cultural heritage. It has always been Canada's policy to erase the Ungwahuwe population to make it easier to access the resources and the land that the land possesses. This so-called education taught the settler population that Ungwahuwe people were savages, stupid, and needed to be taken care of, though we, though that we know now that's a misnomer for the truth. Over the generations, the truth of Ungwahuwe people has begun to surface, and with it a lot of backpedaling by politicians, and realizations by settlers who now admit they've been brainwashed their entire lives, that the indigenous population had in fact been telling the truth all along. The importance of spirituality was mis misunderstood by the colonial government. In turn, they created an environment where legislation was dead set on the destruction and disconnection of spirit with their people. 
They had already been doing it for centuries overseas in Europe, and all the colonial leaders on Turtle Island adopted their techniques and based it on the disconnection of spirit. When you seek people who have their ancestry from Europe and the United Kingdom, they more often than not struggle with finding who they are and struggle with identity issues. This is because of the disconnection of them and their ancestry. Their gods were removed and replaced with the one so-called true god. Even those settlers who are breaking away and discovering the truth come to a mental and spiritual struggle which leaves them with choices they never imagined they would have to make. It began after cowboys and Indians with ceremonies when settlers began to see that they were not demonic rituals or wild parties, but Thanksgiving ceremonies. It wasn't until the 1950s that ceremonies were allowed to be practiced in public, yet the fences stayed up around many of the reserves. As all of these truths uncover themselves and the bodies of these children are uncovered, we can see the guilt of the settlers' ancestors washed through them as they see the physical truth to what we have always been saying. The government does not work in the best interest of the indigenous people because it was literally designed to eradicate us from the land. This disbelief of the atrocities doesn't come as a surprise to us. As we've been telling settlers, this was Turtle Island before topographic maps existed, along with much more in-depth knowledge of on how to take care of her. Stories are what have sustained our knowledge and existence, and continue to do so, as Western science keeps on turning to indigenous ecological knowledge to save the planet. When watching the mainstream news, many settlers are forced to think that apartheid could never happen here in Canada because we're a multicultural hub and cultural melting pot, and that a holocaust couldn't have happened on the very land that they live on. The unfortunate truth is that Canada itself has been found guilty of genocide at the United Nations and has been found guilty in the human rights tribunal disputes regarding indigenous people. The Liberal government continues to attack through legislation and going as far as taking indigenous children to court. As bodies continue to be uncovered, it brings up scars and post-traumatic stress disorder that is inherent from the intergenerational trauma. And this is a process that the government hopes would make us stop. Though their thought that grief would make us stop is ignorant, because we've been grieving loved ones since, you know, since the first ships arrived, and we can only continue to rise up stronger. We are the land, and every time they kill us, we rise again with the spirits of our ancestors around us and coursing through us. For thousands of years, the Gunyagehaga have lived under three main principles that are rooted in having a good mind to not only conduct your business, but your daily life. These principles of peace, power, and righteousness are not to be compared with that of Catholicism, Christianity, or any other religion for that matter. With the Haudenosaunee, everything is based in logic and the balance of creation, which includes spirit. Everything has a spirit, and we mention all of these things in the Ohanagarabadekwa, the words before all business, because they all have a place in the continuation of life and existence. Everything and everyone has its place and role, and this is laid out in the Gayanaregoa. 
For the settler population to better understand Haudenosaunee people, they need to explore the ideals and values that come with the law, which in turn will help them better understand the balance and their need to become an ally not for indigenous people, but for the future of their families as well. Goa, the Great Law of Peace, encourages us to explore the balance of ourselves as part of nature and how we can live in harmony with creation. This is to ensure the continuation of life for all of our generations and life around us, the ecosystems, the water, the air, everything within the natural world. The peace not only refers to the spirit, but the political alliance of the Haudenosaunee and is intended for the nations and individuals as well as a tool to use logic in daily decision-making without letting emotion guide choices. One of the Ganyakehaga core values is respect, which is generated from the core values of Goa that are ingrained in us at the time we were born, when we were given our names and introduced to all the elements of creation. That is when we begin our journey, learning until we were grown, and pushed into situations where knowledge we've gained is needed by our people in some capacity. We're always learning until the day our spirit leaves our bodies and until we need until then we need to respect not only ourselves and the names that we've been given but other people and the balance of nature to ensure the continuity of not only our nation but all the people. Throughout Goa, there are many things, both physical and symbolic, and are still done to this day. When Goa was established, there were only five nations. The Tree of Peace, we refer to as Generata Goa, or the Great White Pine, and it was planted in Onondaga Nation, in part of what is now New York State. To get there, by canoe, the peacemaker may have gone down what is now the Oswego and Seneca Rivers to Onondaga Lake as both territories are connected that way. The roots of peace were intended to reach all people who are willing to accept it. When we refer to something chopping at the roots of peace, it is this tree we are physically and symbolically referring to. To chop the roots, um, to bring down the tree of peace, would cause the fire to go out. In Ganyakehaga, we refer, refer to our spirit and our families as our fire and the Haudenosaunee are our family. The fire also serves as a meeting place where a physical one would be lit and the Grand Council of the Haudenosaunee would meet. The Onondaga were the last ones to join what would be the, called the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, with Adadarho being the most violent and unaccepting leader that the Ganawida and Hiawatha encountered. When all nations were finally gathered and agreed to the principles of Goa. The Gunawita stood in front of all people with wampum in hand and stated, in wampum number one and two, I am the Gunawita, and with the five nations' confederate lords, I plant the tree of great peace. I plant it in your territory, Adodarho, and the Onondaga nation, in the territory of you who are firekeepers. I name the tree of great long leaves. Under the shade of this great peace, we spread the soft, white, feathery down of the globe thistle as seats for you, Adodarho, and your cousin lords. We place you upon those seats, spread soft with the feathery down of the globe thistle, there beneath the shade of the spreading branches of the tree of peace. There, 
you shall sit and watch the council fire of the confederacy of the five nations and all affairs of the five nations shall be transacted at this place before you Adadarho and your cousin lords by the confederate lords of the five nations roots have spread out from the tree of great peace one to the north one to the east one to the south and one to the west the name of these roots is the great white roots and their nature is peace and strength if any man or nation outside the five nations shall obey the laws of the great peace and make known their disposition to the lords of the confederacy they may trace the roots to the tree and if their minds are clean they are obedient and promise to obey the wishes of the confederate council they shall be welcome to take shelter beneath the tree of long leaves we place at the top of the tree of long leaves an eagle who is able to see afar if he sees in the distance any evil approaching or any danger threatening he will at once warn the people of the confederacy it was because of the first two dialogues from Daganawita that opened the door for the Tuscarora to join in 1722 making them the sixth nation to join the Haudenosaunee the symbolism in the statements that were made are still physical references to this day such as the eagle flying above to warn of danger we do our job so they can do theirs in creation we watch out for each other and keep balance which is how the Guyana Goa is constructed it's based on the ideals of what real progress is and the foundation for a society that can withstand attempted genocide the words of Guyana Goa are all ingrained in Alganyagahaga no matter what has happened to them and their families throughout history the message is strong enough to sustain, and this is because the people have been able to implement the law no matter what time they live in. It is adaptable, and the tools that were given to us can still be used to this day. In times of distress, we have heard the eagle scream. Our attention was grabbed, and subsequently we would have to defend ourselves and our territories. Smoke is a tool that was given to us as well, and holds a spirit whether it be to heal or to send a message. This is one of the origins that the term smoke signals comes from, and they go back to our stories as far back as when Deganawita sat at the edge of the woods when he began his journey to introduce Gainere Goa to the Ganyukehaga. To many, smoke means danger, and this is one of the ways that it's used to send out distress signal to neighboring nations as runners are sent out with the message of what's happening. The signals hold deep cultural significance and connect us to the way our ancestors proceeded with what needed to be done in order to sustain, sustain self and the balance of creation. It also means cleansing and is used in many spiritual ways to get rid of negative energy and replace it with positive energy. The belief that all energies and frequencies can be manipulated by people using different elements is ancient, especially among indigenous people, populations around the world. In reference to Hanagarabotekwa, this is why we are giving thanks to all the different elements, because we work in harmony with them. The seagulls are also important to Haudenosaunee as their feathers are used in council, turkeys, ravens, and all other types of avian animals. If it wasn't for geese, Skywoman would have just plunged to her death. When referring to chiefs, Daganawita entrusted that the names were chosen wisely and they would have to be able to withstand the test of time. The titles were not of his own creation, but were created with the help of Jagunzaze, also known as the Mother of Nations among the Haudenosaunee.
avian life is so important that they were actually given places and clans among the families. Our names are how we not only communicate with each other, but with creation, and each person who has a name belongs to a clan family. There are three Ganyagehaga clan families, turtle, wolf, and bear, each of whom hold their own responsibilities within the nation. In each, fa in each family lies equal political power, with three chiefs and clan mothers. With power comes responsibility, and theirs is to the people and their families. Decisions based on truth, respect, and peace, which empowers the people. My family is Ayunwata. Even under Gainere Goa, the title doesn't mean anything if they aren't living up to it. This means that if one person disagrees within a family, that a decision cannot be passed, so as long as they were able to make their voice heard and be present. This ensures that everyone is respected equally and allows their voices to be heard no matter the circumstances. The power that is reflected comes from the peace and respect, from the balanced relationship with nature and Gatnigunrio, a good mind, not to be confused with Gaihuio, which is the coat of handsome lake. That comes from understanding why you should be thankful for all the things around you. Power isn't one person. Power isn't something one person is meant to wield. It's steeped in peace, which should not be mistaken for passive. Ganyagehaga have always been peace seekers. We find paths to resolution, but if we're physically attacked, we will defend ourselves with our lives. This peaceful power has been mistaken for violence on many occasions due to the racist propaganda of the mainstream media and Canadian federal government. The only time we're heard is when we shut down roads or railways and bridges, with these governments forgetting that we have more Nguahui than they do with standing military, and all the railways and pipelines conveniently go through Nguahui territory. All these territories and reserves have the potential to economically crush Canada and send the country into a state of emergency. With no clean water getting to, getting to cities, we give no thought and simply say, how do you like it? As they did to us. Things like this are not a mistake, and they are emotionally and spiritually scarring. Although the peace that we were born into tells us we cannot let ourselves guide these emotions and then turn them into action. We need to allow our ancestors to help us on our way to telling the truth and making the future a better place for ourselves and future generations. Join me next week as we continue with more things that may tear your soul apart and make you question reality.